Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am Stuart Butler, your faithful host, and I'm joined today with my co-hosts. To my left, Misha Bokikio. Oh, you switched it up today. I did. You can also Keeping call me. You can also call me Florian. Florian. Yeah. I feel like this is a joke. Why? I don't know. Just ask everybody else what their names are. <laughs> okay. And I'm joined today. This seems weird with Melissa Kavanaugh, also known as Effie. <laughs> Okay, I feel like you planned something in my absence. And then finally, Pete DeMeo. Hey, everybody. I really do prefer to go by Gladys. But... <laughs> I, I'm thoroughly confused. It, it's, just a, it's just a bunch of fiddle-faddle. It is. <laughs> As you can tell. These... Just a bunch of jiggery-pokery. <laughs> do you have a list of silly wo- nonsense words that you guys are going to be throwing out before the end of this show? I feel like this might be uh, that something is that's complete going complete applesauce. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, I was out of the office for a few days this week, and apparently while I was gone, these crazy while cats... While the boss decide... is away, the children will yeah. play. Apparently so. So I, I am as uh, interested to see what happens in the next hour as you may be at home. Or maybe you already switched off. I well, don't know. I know, wish while, I could at this while point. While you were gone, a BuzzFeed survey went around. And these okay. are all of our 19th century names. Okay. Did I get a name? No. You have to you fill out the survey. Yeah. Okay. Well, you have I, to do well, the quiz. Maybe I'll do that after the show and tune in next yeah. week to so, find so out the results. So in light of our you know, turn of the century names, we are also using turn of the century words yes. to help okay. illustrate the awesome facts about hotel marketing we're going to talk about today. Because okay. those are some monkey shine. Yes. Yes. <laughs> This might be the most ridiculous beginning to a <laughs> podcast ever in the history of podcasting. What oh, can I so. say? We're just a bunch of claptraps. Yep. <laughs> I promise if you stay tuned, we are going to get to some hotel marketing related things, yep. some of which will be 21st century. Are Absolutely. we Are we done with the fiddle faddle, guys? Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll put that aside. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm sure that's not entirely true. But today's episode, we're going to be... Where are we going to beginning? Be beginning, Pete, because good marketing starts where? Does, does it start good, at the beginning? Well, good marketing can start anywhere, but great marketing always starts at the end. And what we're going to talk about is why your booking engine and your PMS need to be the best they can be for any other part of your marketing to even work. Ooh, so great marketing doesn't start at the beginning. It starts at great the end. Great marketing starts at the end of the process, wow. the end of the funnel mind blown so we're going to be focusing on that today but before we do let's see what's going on in in the news 21st century news if you will oh are you looking at a uh, florian for a florian <laughs> yes article? well i i don't know if it's actually news but it was an article that i did enjoy it was on one of our um we have some friends over at sojourn that we've worked with before so it was an article that i found on their website called four ways small hotels can have a big impact and this resonated with me personally just because we do work with a variety of hotels, but a lot of them do fall on the smaller end of the spectrum, um, whether that means they just have um, a smaller inventory or they just have a smaller budget. And so this article I thought highlighted some easy things and easy, you know, depending on how aggressive you want to be, but just some overall easy things that you can do as a small hotel. So just briefly going through the article, as always, you can look at the show notes to click out to read the full version. 
The first one is dominate search engine result pages. Obviously a no-brainer. You want to have your local page claimed. You want to be doing some type of search engine optimization to make sure, at least for your brand terms, that you're showing up. Um, and also perhaps looking at some paid advertising that you can do as well. The second tip is to get social savvy, so having a really strong social media presence on the channels that make the most sense for your property. Also, number three, keeping your website fresh. This will not only help when people actually get to your website to help push them through that conversion funnel, but also impact a lot of those search rankings when you're looking at your SEO. And then finally, be seen with display. This obviously speaks to a little bit of what Sojourn offers, and we talk about how to best use display a lot in our last podcast when we talked about advertising through the funnel. And you can also download that white paper from us at fueltravel.com slash advertising. Um, but display is definitely an option if you're looking to generate awareness, really get the word out about your hotel. Um, some really good tips in here. I thought it was a great article, so I just wanted to mention it on our podcast. Yeah, good job to the guys at Sojourn. It was a good article. And they call that blog their Sojourn, or is that just their emails? They call it that. I think that's just their emails. This is on their okay. main domain. But if you go to their, their website, which is just sojourn.com, and, and then click on the blog, you'll see that article. It's, and we'll link to it in the show notes, which is fueltravel.com slash um, podcast, and you click on episode 65. And Misha, talking of uh, last week's episode, which was episode 64, for those that didn't listen to it, it... I got a lot of really good feedback on the content. Ooh, it's yay. a really, really good job. And um, from a download perspective, it's it's analytics. It's going really well. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. You, I'm ho- I hope it's helpful. And if there's anything else that people would find helpful, always let us know because we're happy to produce content about that, whether it's in the form of a podcast or a white paper or whatever it needs to be. Yeah. So I do, again, sincerely apologize. We put a little note before last week's episode that I was a total monkey in screwed up the audio for last week's episode so it is a little rough on the ears but it's really solid on the brain so definitely go listen to it this one is probably a little backwards from that okay horse feathers (laughs) yeah yeah this is very soft on the brain so far i forgot your name what is it melissa effie effie okay gladys effie and and florian florian yeah i'm really jealous that i don't have a so the quiz was like, name. what's your 1920s name or something? But I was also thinking this could just be, what should Misha name her cat? Because I always name my cats after like old people. <laughs> <laughs> so, or national championship winning football players, a double play on the Watson. Mm. Mm. All right. I thought we weren't mentioning football teams today. I can mention mine. Okay. <laughs> All right. Who else has some news? I had a little tidbit of news. Okay. This comes from hotelanalyst.co.uk so this is obviously out of the UK and the title of the article is OTA impact flattens so this is based on my understanding this is based on the UK data so this might be a little different in the states but uh, there was a conference held over in the UK and opening statements were said to say that OTAs are only expected to rise as a percentage of bookings from 39% to 41% in 2020. That was the opening comments. And that was lessened a little bit by some other guy that got up on stage and said it's expected to grow, but only to 40% in 2020. Um, so that's good news in that it's not going to infinitely continue to increase is what the projection is. Well, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. If you listen to our podcast, it should not be increasing, right? The, the yes. influence that OTAs have should be on the decrease because – if every hotel does the block and tackle things right, 
they're going to be a lot less reliant next year on OTAs than they are this year. So, and it's not hard to do. It's really but not. there's so many new clients that we've brought on board. One in particular, I'm thinking about their OTA reliance was over sixty percent. You know, That's so a lot. you know, while you know a savvy marketer is not going to be overly reliant on an OTA, you also have the other side of that bell curve where you have the people who aren't so savvy, just trying to run the hotel the best they can, are entirely reliant. Yeah, I, I was doing an audit a couple of weeks ago for a very large property group and we were looking through their budgets and they were trying to they're scratching their head why their ota reliance was increasing and within a year for just this one one of their seven or eight properties one of their properties had spent an additional two hundred thousand dollars this year today versus 2016 the entire year to generate actually a little bit less total revenue right so Obviously, the math is, is is wonky there, but they weren't looking at that additional cost with OTA for OTAs as potentially what could have been invested into marketing, direct marketing, which would have blown them out of the water in terms of increase in revenue. So, trying to get them to change the mindset from thinking about let me turn on a faucet with the OTAs and thinking long term, let me invest what I have been spending, and it might take a year or two for that to pay off. But over the long term, you're going to make so much more money. You know, they they were they're similar to yours. It was over sixty percent reliant on OTAs this year, which there's no excuse for that. There's none. If you pay attention, you do the right things right, you invest the appropriate amount of money into marketing directly to your website, you're not going to be that reliant on OTAs. Maybe I mean we have a lot of clients that are sub ten percent. I think realistically, you should be shooting for ten to twenty percent at most. So listen up, kids, because this is hip. We're going to throw it down today. It's some good <laughs> info on how to help reduce your reliance on OTA. Because great marketing begins where, Pete? It starts at the end, Stuart. That's right. It begins at the end. So let's start at the beginning of the end. <clears throat> okay. So where this podcast came from is in talking with some new clients, some people who aren't necessarily our clients, but who are constantly having trouble making their marketing really start to work for them. And when you go down and you look at the specific elements of their marketing, it seems like they're doing the right things. You know, it seems like they're running a brand PPC campaign. It seems like they're on, uh, they're looking at the rate parity to make sure that they have the best rates and they're booking direct. They have a decent website, but with all the stuff that they're doing right, they're still not converting and they're still not making a big impact. And why is that? And we're always so easy to look at the marketing as, you know, how does it perform? If it's not performing, the marketing is a problem. And I think we need to take a little step back and say, let's really look at this conversion funnel and see where people are bailing out and see why people can't necessarily book. So that's where we're going to start is really looking at the booking engine. We're going to cover four or five areas that you need to make sure that your booking engine and your PMS can do. Because if it can't, it is hurting your booking bookings and it is really hurting your revenue. And we get some specific examples as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, having a bad booking engine experience, it's, it's like having a bucket with a hole in it, right? It doesn't matter how fast you fill up the bucket, it's going to empty. So with marketing, you can send all the qualified traffic you want in the world to your website via email, via, via paid search, via social, whatever it is. But the qualified traffic, there's going to be attrition 
if you don't have an efficient conversion mm-hmm. process. So that's really where we're focused today. And the other thing to consider too is don't be too afraid to abandon your current booking technology, your current PMS, your current booking engine, and find something new. And that's what I find so many more small properties than anybody else is you can help them with all the marketing in the world, but the moment you say you need to switch PMSs, you need to change your booking engines, you know, the arms go up, they're very defensive, they do not want to do that. It is a, I don't, we won't get an explicit little icon if yeah, I say no. pain in the ass. What no, you okay. can say it. <laughs> okay. I think I asked that last week too, okay. and I was like, yeah, yeah I'm going to say this. So it, anyway, they, they see it as a giant pain in the ass because you have rates that have to be reimported. You got to rebuild your rooms, you got to do your inventory, you got to add images. It is a giant pain. But it's one of those things where they say no pain, no gain. You have to make sure that if your person, your customer is going to book online, that you're, they're able to do so. If they can't, what's the point? Right. You're, you should never use the excuse that I don't have a choice, right? Yes, there is a major pain in, in changing PMS or, or even just booking engine. It, it is difficult. But think about it from a business perspective, right? Look at how much money potentially you're losing across the board on either OTA commission or just lost revenue because your booking engine, your website is not converting and invest appropriately. It, the new PMS, the new booking engine, maybe it costs a little more than your previous product, but if it's a better mousetrap, then it's worth that investment over the long run. Mm-hmm. So don't, don't get, don't just get blinkers on and assume that this is something that cannot change be open-minded and look at it practically and run the numbers. Mm -hmm. If I increase my conversion rate on my website by 10%, what impact does that have on my bottom line? That's the kind of equation you need to run through as a, as a thought exercise before you shut it down completely. Absolutely. And some of the examples that we have are people who have switched booking engines or upgraded booking engines months ago. And we're going to talk about their specific return on investments that they've seen in one or two instances. And as we're talking about that, think about what would have happened if you changed your booking engine to a better platform months ago and how much money you'd have, you know, sitting in your, your pockets right now. So seven monies, (coughs) seven monies easily. So to start with, here's the first question. Can your booking engine work with and add value to the top performing marketing channels? Now, typically for for property, the top performing marketing channels are email, pay-per-click, TripAdvisor, Google's GHA, and social uh, media marketing. There's going to be other ones that you know fall in there depending on the property. There's obviously a lot more that are very effective. But if we just look at these five to start with, we're going to see really specifically how your PMS and booking engine need to be working for you. And the very first one is email. You know, we had a... Uh, podcast and a blog post pretty recently about personalization of emails and how you can improve your open rates by a good 30% and your click rates by a good 10% just by having personalized content in your email. That personalization needs to be coming from your PMS. You need to know when that person last visited your property. You need to know when they stayed. You need to know when they're you know, what type of rooms they like. And you need to have all those little attributes about that customer so you can get that really personalized relationship and start forming that that with them. Yeah, definitely that integration between your PMS, your eCRM, and your booking engine needs to be tight. 
the data needs to be flowing two way. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to be able to leverage the data you've collected on property, leverage the data that you're collecting on the web and, and match it together to make your marketing efforts smarter. You know, simple, simple things, right? Like knowing preferences that someone has booked golf before and you can send them golf related emails. It's very simple. Or co even just collecting personal information from the website and pushing it into the, the PMS and then the PMS syncing that with the email mm -hmm. system so that when you send an email, you've got that personalized and then it goes full circle because then when they click from the email to the booking engine, you're pre-populating that personal information so that someone, especially on mobile, is not going to have to refill out all those forms. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's how tight it needs to be integrated. That's what a, a lot of the the more sophisticated products are doing today. But there's a whole lot out there that aren't doing it to that level. Yeah, and if you can figure out how to get your email marketing out of a silo and integrate it in with your booking engine, your PMS. We know from a personalization perspective, you're going to have better performance. The question is, is how much more money are you going to make when you integrate that personalization into your email? We just established it, Pete. It was seven monies. Seven monies. Mm -hmm. So, all right, we're going to take it up to eight. Ready? I like eight. It's my number. Yeah. Turn paid, it up to 11. Yeah, Let's go. Paid search is the other area where you can see a big benefit from integrating more tightly with, with your PMS. Yeah, we, I deal with this personally from a paid search perspective because for anyone who's not familiar necessarily the intricacies of AdWords, so when you sign up for an account, you can only send ads to your domain. So if you have a booking engine product that you can't put some of that information on your domain, then I can't send an ad to, let's say, a specific special or your specials page in general. So this would be the difference between, you know, your domain.com slash specials, and that's actually on your domain. Whereas if you have a specific booking engine that doesn't integrate like that, when somebody clicks on that specials page, that would then redirect to, you know, website.com or bookingengine.com slash website slash whatever. So we wouldn't just, depending on how it's set up, it dictates where we can and can't send website on your website. And that really provides some limitations as far as testing. And then also, you know, something that, that Pete's brought up before, and I think it's a good point, you know, every click that somebody has to make through that conversion funnel is a, a spot where you're going to lose some people. So the fewer clicks they have to make, the better. So ideally, we would much prefer to send them either directly into the specials page or directly into the booking engine process. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, I mean, it, there's certain ways around certain aspects of that but e even if you find a way to link to your booking engine one it has to be a completely separate campaign so like you said you cannot test that you can't a b test landing pages against your, your website and then the url is just disgusting because it's going to have like the yeah. booking engine engine's url you can't display a different yeah. domain like it looks super spammy <clears throat> right if you're to display it that way so, yeah. so it, it's not going to convert right you're not going to get the clicks so you you really have to be linking to from an ad to your domain, you you have to. There's no other choice. So, making that the the best, most logical landing page in in some mm -hmm. cases is the deep into the booking engine, depending on what the keyword is. You know, if someone's searching for, and you're bidding on you know a specific room type, something like that. You know, oceanfront room type, uh, oceanfront two bedroom suite, Virginia Beach. If you're bidding on that kind of keyword, wouldn't you want to link deep link them into the booking engine with that? room type mm -hmm. pre-selected with rates showing up or even people who bid on their brand name plus specials because people do mm -hmm. search for that right and where it gets really cool right is if you've already profiled this individual some other way you've had another touch point and you know what dates they're interested in right now right maybe the pms they've inquired 
and you've captured the dates they were looking for and that's pushed out to ECRM and to your booking engine partner, right? So you've got a profile in this individual. So now that person clicks to your website for the first time and boom, not only do you know that their room type that they're interested in, but you know the dates and it's pre-populated and it's showing them exactly what they want. It's just saved them two or three clicks. Mm -hmm. That's efficiency and that's going to get someone through the booking funnel. Absolutely. And then kind of moving from there, you know, the next area in the next one, really TripAdvisor and the one after that, Google GHA. These are the two areas where if your booking engine cannot do this for you or your PMS cannot do this for you, you need to start looking for a better solution because these are where we're seeing the best return on ad spends of almost all of our marketing. And the first one is TripAdvisor. So I recently was on a call with a client who was really struggling with TripAdvisor. And, you know, we typically see about a 500% return on ad spend, you know, in a nice good peak season time period. However, they were very, having a really hard time even breaking even with their ROAS. And, you know, it struck us as very odd. One Was this TripConnect? This is on both. They're looking at TripConnect and they're looking at the CPC program. Instant Book. Yeah, I'm sorry. They're looking at Instant Book and TripConnect. Okay. And in both cases, they were really falling flat. Which was odd because, you know, obviously the instant book side, you're paying either 12 or 10% or 15%. They could not make it work. So we dug a little bit deeper with them. And what we found out was their booking engine said that they integrate with TripAdvisor. But what we, when we actually dug a little bit deeper, they integrate with TripAdvisor through a third party. And that third party was charging them 8% on Ooh. all online bookings. On top of the TripAdvisor <laughs> fee. On top of wow. the TripAdvisor bookings. So 15% plus 8%, all of a sudden, this is more expensive than an OTA to even be on TripAdvisor. That's it, nuts. Wow. Womp. Yeah. So if your booking engine or your PMS does not directly integrate with TripAdvisor, you're most likely paying way too much. And and maybe that's why you know some people are surprised when they hear you can get that type of return from TripAdvisor's you know, Instant Book or you know, TripConnect, whatever it might be. You can. You just need to make sure your technology will help you get there. I am baffled, gagged at those numbers. Yeah. I thought we were done. Oh, come on. Don't ruin <laughs> the fun. Continue. Yeah. Anyway, you can inject a little bit of applesauce, which means nonsense, throughout the podcast. As long as it's not overboard, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> But yeah, I agree. Getting back to your point, Pete, I think these are definitely, you know, places that you want to be. And if you don't have the technology that can support that, you're going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, kind of going back to the question is, is is it worth the pain to switch? Well, ask yourself, is it worth saving 8% on every booking on the world's number one travel site? Yes. Yes. Because you can save that just by switching your PMS and your booking engine. In this case, it would just be booking engine for these, this client, but still you got to think about the bigger picture than just the, the roll up your sleeves, hard work of having to switch. Sure. And the same thing would apply to Google hotel ads, correct? Mm-hmm. So speaking of Google hotel ads, you know, we've talked about a couple of podcasts ago that they have been testing that carousel with the specific room types. And one thing that burns my buttons that I've seen on some clients that we've had Wait, recently. Is, is that a, like a night? A, no, I just made that up. Okay. Oh, that's like a 21st it. century Melissa. Ism. Okay, burns my buttons. It burns my buttons. I'm yeah. sorry your buttons got burned, Melissa. It's painful sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> so knowing that GHA is testing that carousel and knowing that 
probably on your website, you might have some specific room types that you might want to link directly to on your booking engine. Not being able to link to a specific room type in the booking engine is just terrible. So if I'm on a room specific page on my website and I want to search for that room and I just get a list of all room types, that does not help me make a decision. Like I was specifically interested in that room type. Don't confuse me with 10 other room types. Well, and I I feel like now more so than ever, properties have so many room types. Yeah. Yeah, it it, it can be a challenge. You know, how we we handle that with Guest Desk with our booking engine is because Google Hotel Ads does pass through the room that someone's searching for when when they click through to the website. So we featured that room type at the top. We, we, it has a border. It says it's featured. It's the one they were interested in, and it's served above everything else. But, you know, there might be someone that was looking at that, but then maybe find something else because not everyone's publishing every room type to GHA because sure. there, there can be some rate parity issues and depending on your setup and how you're integrating to GHA. So what we choose to do is show the top one as featured and then show everything else below it as a secondary, you know, but. And that makes sense. Yeah. But don't just arbitrarily show all your all the things in, in like rate order, or alpha, rate yeah. order or whatever. Yeah. 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 Agree. That's agree 100%. Every, every step of the, the consumer's funnel, you, you should be as helpful as possible, right? You want to say, what do I know at this point that I, or what can I infer at this point to help them not have to do more work? You know, simple things like putting a zip code above the address, the, the city and state field, right? So, because you put in a, a zip, we can look that up for you. You don't have right. to type it in. So little, little things like that throughout the process add up to save very, very important moments, especially, mm-hmm. especially on mobile, like we talked about a lot last week, <clears throat> when mobile is being used in these micro moments in between your real life, they're not sitting at a desktop for an hour or two at work when they should be working and they're doing quizzes on places to find out what their old oldie name is. But a lot of people now are doing that. That's cod swallop. (laughs) That a lot of people are doing that on their mobile device in between stuff. So you've got to make that fast and efficient and take out as much of the work off of the guest as possible and do it for them. And you can also do this on Facebook through their custom tabs if you have a booking engine solution that supports this um, or a PMS system that supports this. So you can have an actual in your Facebook page, a specific tab where people can go and book your hotel rooms. And I don't see this as much as I feel like you should see this in 2017. Um, but it's definitely a thing that you can do. I mean, they have, I've seen hotels that do a really good job at this and a really bad job at this. So definitely if it's something that your system offers, take advantage. Yeah. And we, I mean, guest does that, right. And we have clients that do it and, and often it's a, search rooms or check availability or book now kind of tab within their profile and and they can deep link to that from a post within facebook now it gets revenue i mean it does it compete with the website absolutely not like volume wise for sure but it's revenue that people are choosing to consume on facebook and as facebook continues to be more aggressive about becoming the web that's their ultimate goal they want to disrupt how people use the internet. They want to take eliminate the likes of Google, and they want people to stay in this fenced-in garden of Facebook. Endless scrolls, <laughs> yeah. scrolling for days, and and yeah, and just stay within that mind-numbing scroll topia. And booking engines transactions are gonna have to become more and more important in Facebook if that if 
if they're successful. Yeah. It, the thing is that there are so many platforms for a booking to take place. You know, we've talked about social marketing. We talked about GHA and TripAdvisor. Making sure that you're on every single one of those is so important. And that kind of work goes back to making sure your, your PMS and your booking engine can support that. Because if you're not on those platforms, you are leaving so much money on the table. Yeah. We, we have a lot of clients who are seeing a thousand plus percent returns primarily on GHA, but social media marketing is also obviously very effective as well. You got to be there and you got to be there with the end of the funnel. And that brings us to the next question. And Stuart, you had already hit on this one, one or two times. Does your booking engine offer an amazing mobile experience? Not a good one, not an okay one, not an acceptable one. An amazing, an amazing. one. Amazing. And it's got to be because the tipping point for mobile was a long time ago. We're not waiting for the tipping point from a traffic perspective. In fact, every once in a while, we'll see with our clients, the mobile tipping point for bookings, where more than 50% of bookings are on mobile, has already taken place. So if you're not there, that only means one thing, that your booking engine and your PMS or whatever booking engine technology you're using is not up to the task of handing today's hotel guests right and as an industry people are way, we're way behind yeah right a lot of other industries are way ahead in terms of the the number of transactions happening on mobile but we know i i can't remember the last time i found a property that didn't have at least 50 percent of traffic was coming from a mobile phone right yeah. I, it's been a long time since i've seen that some are kind of close for sure yeah. yep but some are like Two-thirds of traffic mm -hmm. is on a mobile phone, depending on the property type, where it is, the demographics, there's a lot of factors. The industry average, and talking to other people and other competitors and what their stats are, people are seeing 20% of total bookings are on mobile mm -hmm. phone. That's a huge gap. Huge gap. And, and like Pete said, we're seeing very different data now, You know, especially with the newer version of Guest Desk. Mm -hmm when we co convert people from a different product to this mobile friendly product. And we're not the only one out there. There's others that have done a good job with the mobile friendly, but it's, there's a lot of folks that are at that 50% mark mm -hmm. and there's a few a handful that are over it. So I really liked what you said in the um, show notes. You, you, you made a comment Pete about um, we're hitting the second tipping point. Yep. I feel like we need a, a, a blog with that as the title that would get picked up. The second, the second tipping mobile point. tipping point. Are you ready for the second mobile tipping point? Do we need to like point? copyright Ooh. that so somebody yeah. doesn't copyright. steal it? Copyright. <laughs> I don't think I, just saying copyright, copyright stuff. I don't. Sure it does. That's not Isn't how that the like force bankruptcy? works. Isn't that like bankruptcy? That's a, some quote from something. I yeah. can't remember. I was thinking notarized from oh, the league. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Notarized. <laughs> but from a mobile perspective, and, and the reason I put this one in here is we've been looking at a lot of... You know, other sites that are out there and so many times you go from a hotel's mobile site it clicks over to their booking engine obviously it changes domains it shouldn't but it does it does but it completely changes the masthead of the website to the point where the home button goes back to the home of the booking engine oh and that makes me so mad the home of the website dude i'm gonna call out travel clear right now and we don't usually do that on this show but I was looking at a, a potential customer the other day. We were doing some analysis and audit for them. And their booking engine experience was not great because it was exactly what you said. You click on the search widget. It goes to a new tab, opens a whole new tab, looked completely different to the website, had the logo, had none of the navigation, 
There wasn't even a button that said home. It was just the logo that went back. The URL was nothing really to do with the property. It, it's just terrible. This is 2017. That shouldn't happen. TravelClick do a really good job. They have a good booking engine. That should not be happening. And you as a hotelier shouldn't allow that to happen. You should you should say no. This is not acceptable. The technology you should look at your site on your phone so you know this as well. Right. Which we've talked yes. about. Exactly. But th- I mean this this was on desktop and, and your phone. You know, it, yeah. it it just blows my mind, you know? Why do you accept as a hotel, why would you accept that? Why would you say this is okay? You shouldn't. you 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 should if you're in a situation where you're Booking engine is not in your domain. It does not look exactly like the rest of your website. And then it is not mobile friendly or completely awesome on mobile. You need to really say my number one priority for my 2018 budget is to find a new booking mm-hmm. engine. And, and here's specifically why. I'm going to turn it over to, oh, what was your name? Ethel? Effie. Effie. I'm going to turn it over to Effie because this is your research. This is specifically why you've got to make sure that you have a mobile first booking engine. So we have a client that switched to guest desk uh, this past year. And in just the first three months, just on mobile phones, they received an additional almost 400 bookings, 370 to be exact, and an additional $300,000 in revenue. On a mobile phone. That's more than $7. That's more than seven seven a lot more than $7. And honestly, you can put up with a lot of annoyance of having to switch and a lot of pain for $300,000 more. And, and that's, that's just three months. Yeah, Imagine and, that over the lifetime of your booking engine. And it, I mean, that's not even a huge property. It's 300 units. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not like it's a monster 500 unit property. Probably bigger than a lot of folks that listen here, but still, you can do the math and scale it on on what it's going to change. And that three hundred thousand dollars was probably last year being booked through an OTA, right, or mm-hmm. to your competition that did have yeah. a better mobile experience. Because if you look at that property, their desktop bookings did not decline. Right, it was you know, additional. It was new right. money. It, was new it would revenue. not have been there otherwise. Right. It they get into the mind of the consumer, right? If I'm shopping on my mobile device and I'm doing these hand actions that no one can see, <laughs> that's Thanks not for that how visual. I'm kind of wagging my hand. <laughs> if I'm shopping on my mobile phone with my thumb and I'm clicking around and I don't have much time and I just need to make a decision, you're going to lose that booking. It's, it's not that they're going to have the patience and say, I'm so committed to your property that I'm going to wait until I'm on a desktop so I can book this efficiently. No, they're going to go to someone that does have a better booking experience, it's probably going to be booking.com or someone like that, or it's going to be your, your competitor. So don't assume that just because you're getting in the way of them making a booking, they're going to struggle through that, jump over the hurdles and come and book you anyway. Mm-hmm. They're not people. That's not how they behave. They're looking for the path of least resistance. You have to create the path of least resistance. Do you know who Kevin O'Leary is? Yes. yes. Mis- Mr. Wonderful. From yes. Shark Tank. Okay. He has an awesome saying. And it's, why do you, and he asks people this, why do you hate money so much? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. There's $300,000 sitting there for you to take. I'll take All it. you have to do. Okay. Misha's if you don't want to give it, it to me. But it's there for your taking. You have to deal with the PIA of having to set up a new booking engine, but you get $300,000. Don't hate money. Take it. I feel like we're getting really preachy yeah. on this episode. And when I wrote this blog post and these show notes, it was you know from the frustration of 
you know, seeing people making these mistakes and they need to, yeah, they need to. It, it came from a good place. It. it is. It's coming from a place of love. We genuinely, yeah. I mean, that's why we do the podcast, yeah. right? We really, really want to help the industry. We, we see so many common mistakes that are so preventable. Mm-hmm. And we genuinely want to see this industry do better. So, are you sure it's not because you want to drink beer at 3.30? Well, that too. Oh, but okay. I would but probably be, be doing that yeah. without the podcast, right, to be fair. So, And that really kind of brings us to the next, the last question is, can your booking engine stack up against the best online retailers? Now, I'm not saying will it stack up against the best hotels, but truly the best online retailers. And we hit on a few of these points already, making sure that you put in a, a zip code and it fills out the city and state and all that type of thing. But really look at your your engine and your experience on a desktop is fine and make sure that you're helping the customer through that process as best as you possibly can. Yeah, I mean, these big companies, whether it's Amazon or whoever, or even even looking in the industry, right, at the OTAs and stuff, they spend so much money on creating a great mousetrap, on creating a great experience that converts really well. They, they test the heck they they follow melissa's advice which is always be always testing be right abt so they they're already doing this they've taken the guesswork out so if you come to your website and and the search widget looks completely different than everyone else's on there you're doing it wrong right let the other let the big guys lead the way let the big guys establish the the norms for user in, interface and emulate that Maybe put your own spin on it. Maybe tweak it. Maybe find what works a little better for you with your own testing. But don't go be so radically different. There's a reason that more and more websites are beginning to look the same now. There's a reason that they're beginning to do this full width, simplified version. Because it works. It's not a fad. It's not a trend. It's that people have found a formula that really works. You declutter everything out of the way that you don't need, that's superfluous to the booking, and you get down to business and you provide the right information at the right time. And guess what? It converts. So follow the flow of the stream. Don't swim upstream because it's a hard, hard mm-hmm. fight, right? So follow what they're doing. Simple things like the user interface are great, but then look beyond that. What do great retailers do? They make it easy for the guests to come back and book again and again or purchase again and again. Give give people the ability to sign in and store all their information. This is so critical, especially on mobile. So if you if I could be logged in and that session remains and you maybe already have my credit card information and you have my personal information, when I go to make a booking next time, you may even know what room I've booked and what dates I booked last time. You could probably pre-select the room and pre-select the dates for the following year. And really, I could be booked within one or two clicks. Mm-hmm. That that's the the world we live in today. That capability exists. I don't think everyone has to get there tomorrow, but that's the direction mm. you need to be heading. You need to get to the point where there are times where I forgot I ordered something on Amazon because it was so easy to order on Amazon. I've said it before and I will say it again. Amazon <clears throat> is scary easy to book on. Yeah. Like I was looking at my history of purchases and it, like it was like one or two a year. And then when I finally broke down and got Prime, I swear I'm on <laughs> yeah. there like every week looking and ordering. And yeah. I just like, oops, I clicked the button. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys, and I'm reading more and more about this, about the recommendations and how effective it's getting and, and how the machine learning is making it smarter. And, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's like 5% of suggestions right now do get purchased. Do you buy based on something you didn't have an intent to buy, but they've recommended to you? Have you ever done that yet? long tail 
I think, yes, I, I see a recommendation that they may have. Typically, when I go to Amazon, it's on my phone. I have a need for You're new... using the app, right? Yeah. I need new water filters for my refrigerator. I go in there. I find the ones I want. It scans my thumbprint, and it's it's at my house. But you start seeing the recommendations, and I don't necessarily say, oh, you know, I'm going to go I'm gonna buy this. But... Plants a seed. It plants a seed, and then down the road, I'm like, I really can't live without... You know, whatever. that curling wand. Yeah, yeah that curling wand. <laughs> yeah. The the one that gets me a lot, and I've I've found myself doing this way too often, is when I go to buy something and and I'm on the page. It says people who buy this also, also buy this. every time. every time and every like, time. And you can click and it adds both to the cart. Yep. That gets me. Mm-hmm. That, did, and, so did you see the article? And we might have already talked about it, but how. Amazon was accidentally question mark recommending stuff that was purchased together that was like the stuff to make a bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Like sometimes algorithms are a little too smart. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, you buy Sudafed, it's like giving you all the stuff to make meth. Yeah, you might also like (laughs) this spoon. This this box set of Breaking Bad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But the the same thing can be said for the hotel industry, though, right? With recommendations. Because just through simple suggestion and wording, we, we see a lot of people having a lot of success with packaging other stuff, additional services, right? And just by... Letting people know, again, it comes back to, we talk a lot about social proof on this. Showing that other people are doing it is a really compelling psychological trick. So if you choose your room and get to the next step and it says, most people add breakfast to their stay. It's only $9.99 a person or whatever. And make that easy for them to say, well, I want to be like most people. Click, done. You're going to add a lot of incremental revenue to your bottom line do cross-selling that way and it doesn't just have to be breakfast it could be you know a golf round or a spa mm-hmm. package or or there's only two rooms left whatever it might be yeah you know, get so, them to, to make the booking yeah so you use what the tactics that amazon's using so effectively against us curse you amazon use that against your guests for in your a, guests in, in for a, guests. against your <laughs> guests in a loving way yeah <laughs> <laughs> to help them make a decision yeah, yeah. Anyway, kind of the, the point of everything is, is the point so, of everything, like the, the meaning of, of life, the point of everything is 42 is I thought it was seven. No, I'm pretty <laughs> that's money. Seven okay. money's okay. 42 seven is money the meaning of life to get to buy 42. <laughs> Even though switching your PMS, changing your booking engine is going to be a giant pain in the ass. You need to look at it logically and say how much more money am i leaving on the table by not making this switch right now how much more money would i have made if i decided to make that switch six months ago look at those you know great retailers the amazons the the big flags of the hotel world the otas and see what they're doing and make sure that your booking technology can do the exact same things if not more make it smart and you even though it's a pain in the ass to switch it's going to be worth it in the end. Yeah. And just thinking about, you know, your thought process through this, I completely agree with how you approach this, Pete, where I think a lot of hotels that come to us say, oh, you know, we really want to improve our marketing. We want more traffic. We want more sales. And so, you know, they want a a marketing strategy to funnel more people into the funnel. They want to cast Mm -hmm. a wider net. And then we do all these things. And then a lot of times, you know, we, the organic traffic or, you know, the AdWords traffic or whatever year to year traffic is, bananalytics it's great but once it comes to generating those actual sales and bookings we're not really moving the needle so that's why i think it's a great idea to 
perhaps flip the funnel, start at the bottom, making sure that you have the best experience for your existing traffic, your existing client base. And then once we get that fixed, then we can start casting a wider net. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I don't want to take on clients if they have a subpar booking experience. You know, I just, it makes our job really, really hard and we can't do, you know, we just can't do a good job for our clients and, and everyone's going to be disappointed. So, and you know, Full disclosure, we have a booking engine, right? There's a little bit of an agenda to this conversation, but genuinely, there are a lot of good booking engines out there. Shop around, look around. We're not going to be the right solution for everyone. We may not be the right price point. We might not integrate with your current PMS, but someone else might. So we're not saying you have to switch to guest desk with Fuel. We'd love for you to. Send us an email at info at fueltravel.com. But you don't have to. We just want you to start thinking about is my booking experience the best it can be? Don't put your head in the sand. Don't be an ostrich. You know, think about it because this should be one of the most important things on your marketing budget. Mm-hmm. No and question. If you start spending a ton of money in marketing, and this is really where you know I got inspired to to, to write this, was you start spending more and more money on marketing. You're driving more and more people. You know, in one case we saw like a 0.01 percent conversion rate of the traffic that got to the site because they couldn't get to the booking process. They had to choose a specific room before they ever saw the specials. And there's so many of those weird little things that you've got to fix before you start dumping a ton of cash into marketing. Yeah. We, we actually got an email this week from, from a listener and I think Ben is going to reach back out to them and, and have a conversation, but they, they even said their current booking engine, they at the property struggled to figure out how to use it and they know it, you know? Um. So, Clearly, there's a problem if you're not sure how to use your own booking engine. What what is a guest that's never seen your property before expected to do? Mm-hmm. You've really you've really got to make it a no-brainer for them. I mean, I will say this: we've looked at a lot of client websites. We've done a lot of audits as clients come to us as new clients, and it baffles me as somebody who literally looks at hotel websites all day long for a living, and I can't figure out how to make a booking. I can't figure out how to choose this room. And it's saying, oh, I have to add a, add this to cart and the button's in a totally different place than where I think it should be. And I think it goes to something else. What was like, that one that had three different buttons? Oh, and- requery, resubmit, and something else. That, yeah, it like, was terrible. Yeah, like a developer had chosen the yes. call to actions, not a marketer, for sure. Absolutely awful. Mm, mm. Yeah. So hopefully you guys are going to consider changing booking engine. What else, Pete? You know, that's kind of it. We do have some listener feedback. We do? Yes. Okay. Would you like to read it out? Sure. So this comes from Alex. And Alex's title is the coolest title in the world. Which is? (laughs) It's the boss. All right. That is pretty cool. Yeah. So Alex sent in uh, some feedback to, you know, on our website about the podcast. And I'm not sure if Alex is a he or she. So... Just want to thank you for being such an inspiration. I listen religiously to your podcast and and with a group of friends expert, uh, who are all experts in sustainability, and we're going to start a podcast on sustainability in the hotel industry. Following your format, which I find interactive and entertaining, thanks so much for that. Oh, that's so sweet. Thanks, Alex. And Look we inspired someone. We're changing yes. the world. And it's sustainability. So they're going to do way more good in the world than we are. Yeah. So Alex, when you get your podcast off the ground, you know, and if you need any advice, we'd love to support and help you guys. And absolutely, we'd love to share share 
with our listeners, your podcast once is up. So definitely let us know where it is. And listen, guys at home, we, we put a lot of work and effort into this episode. Most of them are entertaining unless these guys go rogue and start talking about 1800s shenanigans. But Horse mo- feathers. Most of the time, we're pretty entertaining and hopefully helpful to you guys. So, you know, we don't ask for a lot on this show. But please, please, if you if you feel so inclined, if you feel so inspired, if we've ever helped you make a single dollar or seven dollars, please go leave a review on iTunes. And you know what? I was hating on the new iOS 11 update. The podcast I app still hate on is, it. is terrible, right? But as a podcaster, not a podcast listener, but as a podcaster, there's a couple of cool new features. And one of which is it's way easier now to leave a review than it used to be. Because you Ooh. used to have to go and search for the podcast that you were already subscribed to and then find it and then leave a review, right? You had to click on reviews and then leave a review. But now, if you click on the second tab at the bottom, which is, I think it says shows, is that what it is? I need to pull it up. But um, you click on the second tab at the bottom and you'll see a list of all the shows that you're subscribed to and you scroll down until you find out, it's a, it's a red square with a white circle with an F, a white F in the middle for our Fuel logo. So find the Fuel show click on that and you just scroll down a little bit and you'll see some reviews and then right under the first it'll show the the aggregate review rating it'll show the one review and then right under that it says write a review and you can rank us one to five hopefully it's more fives than ones and you can type in your little message to us and we would really 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 appreciate that and if you're too lazy to do that then we also appreciate the emails we've been getting a lot of emails recently so if you want to just send in that we're helping and ask questions that you want us to ask answer on the show info at fuel would be the place to do that yeah we like answering questions we do we genuinely do, do like to help wait help so people. i have one more question for you then uh-oh how does moses make coffee i don't know he brews it <laughs> <laughs> That is terrible. Better? We cannot Better? leave on that note. So I have a little, you know, we haven't talked about this for a while on the show, but we used to talk a lot about surprise and delight, right? We're in oh. the hospitality industry. Did you bring us presents from your trip? Is that the surprise? No. Darn. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I have a little anecdote about an experience that I had yesterday. So David and I were out of town. We visited a, a client and we went to a restaurant. And this is really bad because I cannot remember the name of the restaurant. Ooh. Burger King. No, it wasn't. I need to look it up. I'm going to put it in the show notes and I'm going to link to them. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to, I'm going to leave a review as well because it was great. So we went to this restaurant. It was in Vermont. And um, we were waiting to, at the hostess stand for, for the hostess to come back. And because she'd come to us and said, how many in a party? We said two. She'd gone to look to see if a table was available. While she was gone, a gentleman came up who worked there and said, table for two and he grabbed some menus and we said actually your colleague is already trying to find a table for us and he said oh okay and when she came back he said well that was a waste of my time but he said it in a not it was it was kind of funny it wasn't like me like it didn't bother us probably not the most appropriate thing to say right so didn't think a whole lot of, about it but we were about to get seated me being a bit of a smart ass as we we're walking by him i said sorry for wasting your time just as, well, like with a bit of a wink a bit of a cheeky wink so anyway we went and sat down really it honestly was the tone of it was totally fine really wasn't a big deal i could see where some people might get a little rubbed the wrong way anyway so we go sit down we're, we're looking at our menu um 
trying to figure out what we're going to order. All of a sudden, the guy that had said this comes up with a big plate of chili cheese fries and puts it down on our table and said, guys, I feel really bad about what I said to you. And I don't want you to have a bad ex- bad experience at our wow. restaurant. This is on me. And I sincerely apologize. That's like the universal apology. Like chili Carter. cheese chili fries. Chi- I, yeah, whatever you did, yeah. I don't care. It's forgiven. So yeah. you, heard what, you heard what he said after chili cheese fries. <laughs> it's, it's pretty <laughs> impressive. And wow. you know the best part of it? David, who I was with, doesn't eat chili cheese fries. Because <laughs> so, he doesn't eat anything. So I got a whole bowl of chili cheese fries to myself while I was ordering my food. So... You know, we're going to make mistakes. As human beings, we're going to get caught off guard. We're going to have a bad day. There's going to be something that we're going to do that's going to piss off a client. Absolutely. But you know what he did? His name was Jason. I wish I could remember the name of the restaurant. I will I will link to them and, and look it up. But Jason turned a situation that could, it wasn't going to be, but it could have been bad and messy and created a social media issue. He turned it into a great experience. You know, and I have nothing, even though I can't remember the name of the restaurant, I have nothing but good, good thoughts and vibes towards that, that restaurant now, just because of him treating me like, like an individual and, you know, empathizing with my situation and going above and beyond surprising and delighting me. You have that opportunity as a hotelier every single day to make that impact on your guests. And I, I, I really hope that you take that opportunity when it's presented in front of you. Wow. So there. So Thanks, Jason. So now I'm hungry. Chili cheese fries, anyone? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, before that, let's sign off. So, Pete, where can I find you on the internet? You can oh, find Twitters. Gladys. Oh, thank Sorry, you. Gladys. <laughs> I wish I set up a Twitter for her. Uh, <laughs> no, you can find me at P DeMaio, P-D-I-M-A-I-O. And Fifi, whatever your name <laughs> is. Effie. Effie. Like the Hunger Games, Effie. Okay. Because I'm, yeah, such a fan. Uh, I'm at M A Cavanaugh, M A K A V A N A G H on Twitter, and whatever your name was, Florian. Florian. My persona was a hotel concierge in Belmont. Actually, it was quite appropriate. <laughs> I didn't realize there were personas with oh, the names. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what was your? What was everyone else's? Persona? I don't want to talk about my per, my persona because my I'm, persona. Well, you were called <laughs> you were called Gladys, so I'm assuming yes. it wasn't very masculine. Yeah, so I'm a hit at the speakeasy. <laughs> yeah, you but, are. But secretly, I'm a reporter. See? See? You're sure? <laughs> you can find me at Marketing Misha. That is at Marketing M E I S H A. And you can find me on Twitter at Stuart Butler, S T U A R T B U T L E R. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. You can get the notes to this podcast in links to um, a more extensive blog that Pete did at fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 65. And then don't forget to download, um, if you listened to last week's episode or if you didn't, go download the amazing white paper that Misha did, which is at fueltravel.com slash advertising that really breaks down the the entire travel funnel and uh, all the advertising platforms you should be using throughout that. And then next week, Melissa, Fifi, Drum roll. I won't be here. Oh, oh. son of a nutcracker. Are you <laughs> that, serious? That wasn't on the list, but I like yeah. it. That's from Elf. That's 21st century. Oh. But, um, all right, so here. two weeks. You've been teasing this I for know. way too long. It better. It has a lot to live up to now. So, so two weeks, we're going to be doing what? Uh, the analytics behind the customer journey. Ooh. Ooh. So now we've got to scramble to figure out what to do for yeah, next week. Yeah. So if you listen to this 
We're recording on Friday the 13th. Dun, dun, dun. But if you listen to this in the next few days after it's published and you have something you want us to tackle next week, let us know. Because yeah, maybe we need, we'll... We need to list our feedback stat. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah. Need, <laughs> we need some inspiration. May or may not have a podcast next week. Yeah. All right. But we're going to try to be weekly. So now that the summer's over and people have stopped with their tomfoolery. We could just sit around and talk for an hour or two. Yeah. I yeah, would so like to know that... Do. For our New Year's resolutions podcast, I said my resolution was to travel more, and well, I'm traveling, so there's well, that. Congratulations. Thanks. I'm sure our listeners will really appreciate that you're traveling See? more. Mm-hmm. It's all good. I, I feel like I need to buy you some resolution. chili cheese fries now, because I was kind of I don't like chili. Just cheese. Cheese fries, it yeah. is. Okay. So listeners, until next week, you've been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Okay, you have to choose one of these. Fiddle faddle, clap trap, cob swallow, baffle gag, jiggery pokery, or piffle. I just really enjoy those more. Ninny hammer. <laughs> that sounds like something from Elf. It does. Snolly Gusta. <laughs> <laughs>